What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Stats. I just want to give everybody a quick disclaimer here. We actually taped this podcast before the news about Tennessee and Pittsburgh getting pushed came down. So they're not included in this podcast, even though we originally did preview that game. If you want to hear talk about the Steelers and Titans and all the fallout from that, we did tape an emergency SB Nation NFL pod, which you should have in your feed. Uh, that'll break down every possible angle with myself and RJ Ochoa. So please enjoy this pod. And if you want Titan Steelers, check out the emergency pod. Welcome into episode four of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show here. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Ed Valentine. And Ed, we got a great slate of games this week. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Rob. I'm doing good. Hope you had a good week and uh, everybody's everybody's doing well. But, you know, I, I think that great slate of games doesn't start tonight, though. <laughs> See, that's mean. How are we going <laughs> to lead into the Thursday game? We're joined by McGregor Wells from Gangrene Nation to talk about the game, and that's the lead-in you get. <laughs> well, you know, I got to, I got to start, I got to start us off on the right foot. Just, you know, what can I tell you? Sorry about that, McGregor. That's okay. I think it's it's absolutely accurate. <laughs> Here's a little trivia question for you: Who has the worst record as a head coach in this game, Vic Fangio or Adam Gase? I don't know the answer to that. I would think it was probably be uh, Fangio. Is that right? Well, it's actually a trick question. They're both seven and twelve. Sorry to do that to you, but <laughs> that that's mean too. I know that's true. <laughs> you know, you know this. You led me down this path, Ed. That's how we got here. See, um, see, what is it? Took me four weeks, and I've been a really bad influence on you already. And and here we go. Yes, you've corrupted me. Now, uh, McGregor, if I tell you when I say that there are rumors that the Jets are already talking to other head coaches or, let's say, other head coach agents, your response is what? Uh, they should be. I mean, Adam Gase has – well, let, let me let me throw a little uh, stat at you here. Um, Adam Gase is, was the presiding over the, the 32nd and last ranked offense in terms of yards gained in 2019, and he's also – presiding over the 32 in the last ranked offense in 2020. And he was brought in as an offensive genius or guru or whatever you want to call him. Now, since the merger in 1970, there have been only three teams that have ever led the league or been the worst in the league, actually, in offensive yards. There was the expansion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There were the expansion Cleveland Browns. And then there were the Rams in 2015-16. That's it. And every single one of those, um, you know, <laughs> two of them were expansion teams to give them a little time. And the other was the Rams. And, of course, they immediately switched to McVay and the rest is history. All right. So here's a question for you. And, and you mentioned this before we were on the air. You, you referred to this game as the, the Trevor Lawrence Bowl. And I will preface this by saying, look, I hate the idea 
of fans rooting against their own teams. I hate the idea of fans saying we, we need to lose these games so we get a better draft pick. With, with that said, are the Jets better off losing this game and getting themselves in better position to draft Trevor Lawrence? Probably uh, they're better. They're better off getting the higher draft pick, but I would never root for my team to lose. Well, let me ask you this: What is the consensus on Sam Darnold right now from from Jet fans? Would you say do they say see him as a guy who is shackled by Adam Gase, or do they see him as a guy who is just not the guy for this team? Both. There's a there's a contingent that says, yeah, Sam has been ruined by the Jets, and that Adam, Adam Gase has ruined him. And there's a contingent that says, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't have it. Um, I can tell you this: right now, he's ranked. 33rd dead last in the league in QBR and 31st um, second from last in the league in passer rating. And, and this is the third year in the league. I just don't think you can survive those kind of numbers in your third year in the league. I, I think even if it's been the case that Adam Gaze with the Jets organization has failed him, at some point that you, you turn the page. You just don't have uh, infinite patience with these young quarterbacks. At third year, he's got to show some improvement from that, you know, worst in the league position. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard because, you know, the, the Giants across the uh, – the Giants are, are in the same sort of a situation with, with Daniel Jones, you know, where it's, it's, it's hard to judge. In your view, is, in your view is, it, is it more Darnold or is it more the situation? I don't think any quarterback uh, other than maybe, you know, the all-time greats could have any success at all with the current Jets roster. It's really the bottom of the barrel. I mean, and not only that, but right now, literally the first five receivers that was on the depth chart going into the season were all injured last week. So, you know, how, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you work with that? You're, you're taking guys off the street, out the practice squad, putting them in there against, you know, real NFL players and expecting the Sandarn to be functional. I don't think he can do that. But um, on the other hand, you can evaluate the fact that he's still making the same silly mistakes he's made in the last for the last three years. His judgment hasn't improved. His field vision doesn't seem to have improved. His footwork is the same. Um, you have to also look at, you know, what are his skills now and are they improving? And I don't see that he's improved his skill set since he came out of college three years ago. He's the same quarterback, it seems to me. Okay. And that's not a lot of positive. I'm not going to lie. But all that said, they go into the game tonight. They are facing Brett Rippon. And by the way, the Jets are favored by one in this game. So if there's ever a game they're going to win, this is the game, right, McGregor? Yeah, I mean, the Jets have been hurt badly by injuries. I think the Denver Broncos have been hurt even worse. I mean, they've got a lot of good players in that Denver Broncos roster, and pretty much every single was every single one has been sidelined by injuries. Um, you know, we're facing the, their third-string quarterback. I mean, I mean, Darnold has not been great, but if Darnold can't, you know, outperform a third-string quarterback, what are we what are we talking about here? So, yeah, I mean, the fact that the Jets are home may be factoring into the fact that the Jets are are a, a favored this one as well. But I think the home field advantage doesn't really mean much this year. There are no fans in the stands. I think that was basically why there was a home field advantage in the previous years because of the fans. And without fans, I don't think it means a whole lot. Um, so I think that if there's any game the Jets can win, it'll be this game this year because the Broncos have just been so devastated by injuries. But I wouldn't pick them in this game. I, I, I wouldn't pick anyone in this game. I wouldn't bet on this game. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was going to ask if you, if you would actually go out on that limb and, and actually pick the Jets to win tonight. No, I can't pick this. This team has the worst roster in the NFL, and so I can't really pick them to win any game. But if they're going to win a game this year, 
this is probably their best shot they're going to have. Oh, McGregor, one last question for you. I don't know if you saw the uh, the post that I did at Big Blue View this week. I actually took, you know, the Giants and the Jets are a combined 0-6. And, and they may have the, you know, two of the three or maybe the two worst rosters in the league. We tried to take both rosters, combine them into one team and see if we could make a competitive, functional NFL team. Put those two rosters together. How many, just just off the top of your head, how many games do you think you could win? Seven or eight, maybe. Um, it, it, because you have a problem at the quarterback position. Even if the two rosters can put together a well-talented team, if you put them all together, Neither quarterback has shown he can be anything but a bottom of the league quarterback. And of course, quarterback is the most important position in the league. Without a good quarterback, you're struggling. So I would say seven or eight maximum, maybe less than that. Wow. That is that is a depressing thank God for Buffalo, because otherwise the state of New York football would be pretty, pretty terrible. McGregor Wells from Gangrene Nation, thank you very much for the time. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay, Ed, so that's the Thursday night game. It is not, uh, to be kind, the strongest game of the week. So we've got a couple games we want to address here. And just so you know, if you want to have a say over what games we talk about, you can be a part of that. Go to SBNation.com slash reacts or check in on Twitter at SBNReacts and you can vote on the games you most want to hear about. And those are the games you're going to hear on this podcast. So that being said... Let's start with my favorite game of the week. To me, it's the biggest game of the week, Patriots and Chiefs. And I know, Ed, everybody's going to focus on the quarterback matchup, and it's a good one, Cam and Patrick Mahomes. But to me, the more interesting and the more important matchup is actually between the head coaches, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. You've got two of the best all time going head to head. Yeah, that's a lot of fun when you think about about Belichick versus Reid, especially when you think of the fact that really they're they're so different in what they're known for. I mean, Belichick known as, you know, known as the defensive guru, as the guy who's, who's so good at scheming defensive game plans, who's so good at figuring out who to take away from an opposing team and how to do that. And Andy Reid, who just seems to have an unlimited imagination when it comes to figuring out an offense, I mean, a shovel pass to the fullback off of a play <laughs> that looked like a read option. I mean, who drew that? Who, where did that come from? Good Lord. You know, that, that would be, I think I could have scored on, I could have scored that touchdown. I would like to see that. I would like to see Ed Valentine in the backfield at fullback for the Chiefs. Well, you know, <laughs> On that play, I think it would have worked because I wouldn't have gotten hit. <laughs> That's true. Um, one of the things that made the Patriots so hard to beat when it was Brady and Belichick was that you had an all-time quarterback with an all-time head coach at the same time at the height of their powers. And I think the Chiefs have that right now, honestly. I think Andy Reid is an all-time head coach. And I think Patrick Mahomes, now I know he hasn't played for that many years, but I think by the time it's done, he's going to be an all-time great quarterback. I think that that this is that's where Kansas City is right now. That's that's why they're going to be so great for so long. And I think in this one they have the better head coach quarterback combination. Oh, I would agree with you there. I think Cam Newton Cam Newton is a nice story right now and yet you still 
there's still in the back of your mind, you, you, you think about the last couple of years with, with Cam Newton and, and I think we've seen him throw the ball really well in some circumstances already this year, but you just wonder how sustainable it is, especially with how much they're asking him to do with his legs and how many hits they're asking him to take and how much they're asking him to carry that offense. And and the the combination of of Mahomes and and Andy Reid, just the the things that Patrick Mahomes can do that other quarterbacks simply can't do, just the the throws he can make from the angles he makes them from, the off balance stuff that he does, and and just Andy Reid's creativity um, in uh, in coming up with play designs. It it's one thing to have all of, of the weapons that that Andy Reid has, to have Tyreek Hill, to have Patrick Mahomes, to have Travis Kelsey, to have you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire, to have all of those pieces. It's another thing to understand how to use them and to come up with creative ways to use them and not just say, well, you know, we're just going to run straight ahead and we're just going to do what everybody else does. And and I, I keep, I watch Kansas city play offense and I, and I'm jealous all the time thinking, my God, just the creativity with the weapons they have. How does anybody stop them from scoring 35 or 40 points every week? All right. Well, let's dive into that a little bit because you mentioned it before when you were talking about Belichick, how he always takes away the best thing that you do. Here's the problem. Here's what makes the Chiefs so difficult. I don't even know what you try and take away. Do you try and take away Tyreek Hill going deep? Is it Kelsey over the middle that you focus on? Do you try and take away Mahomes scrambling? Because we've seen him run for some backbreaking first downs on third down for the Chiefs. I don't even know what the number one target would be for Bill Belichick to take away. Nor do I. I, I because especially now with the running game that Kansas City's added, that's an element you know that, that they didn't really have before they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And now he's averaging 80 yards a game through three games. He's giving them some toughness. He's giving them the ability to just turn around and hand the ball off once in a while that they really didn't have. You know, they could get three yards in a cloud of dust previously, but but now they have a guy who can really make plays when you hand him the football. And And I'm with you. It's like, you can't you take away Tyreek Hill, they'll throw the ball to to Sammy Watkins or they'll throw it to Kelsey or they'll throw it somewhere else. And and I'm with I'm I'm absolutely with you. I don't know what you take away first. If you if you pressure Mahomes, he just slithers out of the pocket and, and makes some sort of impossible throw. So I think that the the you you pick your poison. You know, maybe you maybe you pack the box and 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 try to take away the running game, which seems crazy. But you know, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what plan I would uh, what plan I would I would come up with if I was a defensive coordinator. I'm taking the Patriots in this game. Believe it or not, I think the Patriots are going to win the game, and uh, the Patriots are getting seven points in this game. So I'll obviously take the points. And here's why, Ed. And I think you're going to appreciate this. I think Belichick is going to go back to the Super Bowl 25 game plan when he was a defensive coordinator for Bill Parcells against the Bills. 
What was the game plan in that game for the Giants? It was shorten the game. Do not let Buffalo and that offense have all these shots to score points in the game. I believe the Giants had the ball for like the entire first quarter or most of the first quarter in that game. I think Belichick's going to do the exact same thing in this game. The Patriots are coming off a win last week where they ran the ball 38 times for 250 yards. I think that's what Belichick's going to do this week. I don't even think he's going to try and take any deep shots. He's going to want to constantly move the chains, grind it out, run the play clock down so that Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons are going to be stuck on the sideline for as much of the game as possible so that Cam doesn't have to put up 45 points to win. And I think that's probably the best game plan that you can come up with is keep them off the field. The uh, the thing of it is, I think we're going to disagree on this game for the simple reason that I look at what the Chiefs did to the Ravens you know, a few days ago, and I can't pick against the Chiefs right now until I see somebody beat the Chiefs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride I'm gonna ride with Kansas City until somebody proves me wrong. You didn't make any reference to my great Super Bowl twenty five knowledge. Nothing there. Uh, you know, I I the problem is if I get started with that, then we're gonna have to do a whole different show. We're going to have to do a whole second show. <laughs> but I do appreciate that reference. I most definitely do. And uh, the the other part of the Belichick game plan in, in that game that you didn't mention was just, I think part of that game plan was to cause Buffalo receivers as much physical pain as possible. <laughs> Something that he would use many times. I mean, he did the same thing to the Rams receivers in the Super Bowl. He likes to beat up receivers. Um, I will say that I I was a little disappointed, especially as a 49ers fan. I expected Belichick to have a much better game plan against Russell Wilson, and Wilson torched him for five touchdowns. So I was a little surprised to see that. So maybe I'm putting too much faith in him. You know, I don't know. Um, but hopefully he does a better job against Mahomes than he did against Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, we don't want to see. Uh, it would be nice to see somebody slow the slow the Chiefs down a little bit. But uh, I, I'm really interested to see this game. As you said, you know, it's it's Andy Reid, it's Bill Belichick. It's uh, by the way, it's Andy Reid in his face mask against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's Mahomes, it's Newton. It's, this is good stuff. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I think so. Belichick, by the way, is seven and three in ten career matchups against Andy Reid, including three and zero in the playoffs. But Andy Reid has put up forty points multiple times on the Patriots, so it is or on Bill Belichick, I should say. It's not the offense that has let Andy Reid down in those games. It's usually the defense, and you know we know Tom Brady's not there anymore. So we'll see. All right, why don't we do this? We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll break down a couple more games. We still have Buffalo and the Raiders and the dealer's choice this week, which unfortunately belongs to Ed. So I have no idea where we're going. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're back here on episode four of The Look Ahead. Again, if you want to have an impact on the games that we talk about, it's very, very simple. Go to SBNation.com slash Reacts or on Twitter at SBN Reacts. You can vote on the games that you like the best and the winners of those polls are the games that we talk about. So have your say, please. We love hearing from you. By the way, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five-star reviews are, of course, our favorite. You can comment about how great I am and how Ed needs a little work. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Appreciate that. I mean, anytime I could get a free shot in, I have to take it, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I get it. But, but you know, those things, they come back around. That's true. That is very true. All right, let's keep going. Next up, Bills at Raiders. The Bills coming off that crazy game against the Rams where they're up 28-3. to Then they blow it and they basically get bailed out by a pass interference flag on fourth down to give them another shot where they ultimately come back and win the game. I don't know, Ed, do I give the, the Bills more credit for being up big and then holding on, or do I give them criticism for basically blowing a 25-point lead? Can I waffle and say both? Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I think they got really, really fortunate to, to win that game. I mean, they, they, they falconed it for crying out loud. They won. But they did win. But they did win. So it's ha- almost hard for me to believe that the, the Buffalo Bills are 3-0 and for crying out loud. What world are we living in? It is incredible. Josh Allen's completed 71% of his passes. I think he's second in the NFL in pass yards. He has over 1,000 yards, 12 total touchdowns, one interception for Josh Allen on the year, 124.8 quarterback rating. He's incredible. You know, everyone's talking about Russell Wilson for MVP, and they should, but Josh Allen is right there in that conversation, don't you think? I would think that that he has to be, and it's it's crazy when you think about how inconsistent you know, he's been for the first couple of, of years of his career. It's crazy when you look at what he's doing right now. But I also think that it's also a little, it, it should give a little bit of hope to, you know, we talked to McGregor Wells earlier about the, about the Jets and Sam Darnold and, and the Giants with Daniel Jones, who, who I cover. And it gives it, it should give those fan bases some hope that these guys can develop, that they can get better, that that you put some pieces around these guys and good things can happen as bleak as it might look right now for, for some of those fan bases. You know, you, you get some pieces and, and, and things can turn around, but but I wouldn't have predicted. I, I just wouldn't have, have seen, you know, this quality of play coming from Josh Allen. You know, with Ryan Tannehill continuing his good play from last year, I've often wondered how many good games I need to see from him before I believe that he is this new player. And I sort of have the same thought with Josh Allen in Buffalo because he can do things I've never seen before. It's just right now, sometimes that means really good things and sometimes it means really bad things. When do you start to believe in this new Josh Allen? Oh, I, I hear you. The difference, I think, is when you look at the physical skill set. You just look at the tools. You look at the at at the arm strength. You look at at the running ability, and and you just look at that tool set, and you think, boy, that the upside when it's when it's good, it's really really good. I mean, it's not Mahomes good, 
but it's really good. And, you know, obviously the, the downside is that there are mistakes there, but, but man, they, when it's good, it's, it's just outstanding. I think it's close to Mahomes good. The problem is Mahomes never has any bad. That's the thing. Like there is no bad from Patrick Mahomes from Josh Allen. Like you said, sometimes he'll truck three guys while he's trying to run the ball and then he'll fumble. And, you know, he's got to wipe those out of his game if he really wants to ascend to the next level. Now, as far as the Raiders, I don't know what the Raiders are, Ed, except hurt. They've got 16 guys on the practice report on Wednesday. Henry Ruggs did not practice. Now, luckily, Waller and Jacobs practiced in full, so that's good. Hopefully, that means they're going to be full go. If I had to sum up the Raiders, I would say they're not a bad team. They're good enough to beat bad teams, but I don't know if they're good enough to beat good teams. That's probably a good way to put it. Obviously, they've got Josh Jacobs. They've got Darren Waller. So they've got some pieces on offense. They've got some things that you really like. But on defense, what do they really have on defense? And and as you said, it's I'm just not sure what they, what they are yet. You know, I think they're they're probably one of those teams that that that's in that sort of middle of the pack. You know, when when it's all said and done, they'll have some highs, they'll have some lows, but I don't see them, you know, as as a team that's that's going to be capable of making a big run in the end. The Bills are favored by three points. Are you taking them in this game? I am taking the Bills to go 4-0, and, and I'm, I'm shaking my head at the, the Bills and 4-0 and and just don't seem like they should go together, but I'm going to take the Bills in this game anyway. I said on Tuesday's show, on the Oddcast, as I like to call it, that I think that the AFC East still goes through New England. Are you on board with that, or do you think that the AFC East goes through Buffalo? Well, that's a hard question. I I think it goes through New England until somebody takes it away from New England. I think you just have to look at it that way. I think Buffalo, whether they win this particular game or not, Buffalo has the best chance to take the the AFC East away from New England the best chance anyone has had in a long time. But when push comes to shove, they're still going to have to go through the Patriots to take it. That's fair. And I agree with you. I'm going to take Buffalo and I'll lay the points. Um, I don't think the Raiders, as I said, are good enough to be good teams. And Buffalo is a more complete team to me than the Raiders are. Although I do love, love, the Raiders new stadium. I think it's incredible. It's the death star. It's fantastic. I like the way it looks outside. I like the way it looks inside, but that's the best part about their team right now. <laughs> when the stadium is the best part, uh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Speaking of not good things, you are in control of dealer's choice. That's when we get to decide on which game we're going to talk about instead of you, the fans. So Ed, where are we going? We are going to go to the other Death Star. We are going to go to the Jerry Dome. We're going to go and talk about the Browns and the Cowboys. First of all, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Dak Prescott, on and on, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, on and on. It's just a ton of star power in this game. But the other thing about this game that's really interesting to me is the Browns are two and one. 
The Cowboys are one and two. And yet I really don't know what either one of these teams is. The Browns beat the Bengals and they beat Washington. And Dallas is, you know, one Atlanta Falcons meltdown away from being 0-3, which is flabbergasting to me. So for all of that star power, I'm looking at this game and I'm going, I still don't know if either one of these teams is any good. I think the Browns are figuring out who they are. I think they're starting to find their identity. They realize now that they have the best running back combination in the league with Nick Chubb and with Kareem Hunt. And that's the primary engine to their offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to get Baker out on the perimeter of the pocket there. They're going to bootleg. They're going to roll them out. They can use Landry to move the chains, and they can gash you down the field with Odell Beckham Jr. I think they're starting to figure things out finally with all those players, whereas I don't think the Cowboys know what they are. I don't think they know, are they Mike McCarthy's team? Are they Kellen Moore's team? Are they a passing team with Dak Prescott? Are they a running team with Ezekiel Elliott? I don't think the Cowboys know their identity yet. Oh, I would agree with that. And and the other part of that is, I still don't know if the owner of the Cowboys knows whether he likes his quarterback or not. He said some things again this week about Dak Prescott and not being able to make a play at the end of the game the other day that that kind of make you shake your head. And, and you know, what is Dak Prescott going to have to do to prove to Jerry Jones that, uh, you know, that he's a good quarterback, that he deserves a long-term contract? I think that Jerry... He wants to win, obviously, but there are certain guys that Jerry falls in love with. He loved the triplets, Aikman, Emmett, Irvin. He loved those guys. I think he loved Tony Romo. I don't think he loves Dak Prescott. I think he likes Dak Prescott because they've won some games with him. But I think it's clear by now that he doesn't love Dak because if he did, they would have a deal. When Jerry wants guys, He keeps his guys. He pays his guys and he keeps them. And the fact that they haven't gone there yet, knocked this thing out, when you see guys like Mahomes getting new deals, I think that shows everything you need to know. And so I think we're going to see Gary ride it out this year, maybe franchise Dak and and go from there. I don't see a long-term contract happening because it would have happened by now. I think that's a fair point. The, uh, The other piece to that is, Every time we talk about the Cowboys, we wind up talking about Jerry Jones. And somehow that's just not right. That's just not how it should be. We should be we should be talking about the players. We should be talking about the team. And yet we always wind up talking about, about Jerry Jones. And for me, I always come back to the feeling that that the fact that Jerry Jones is such a presence is is part of why the Cowboys, to me, haven't lived up to what they could have been for the last 10 or 15 years, could have been or should have been. It's very hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Um, it's twice as hard when you want your team to win a Super Bowl, but you want to be seen as the main reason why. And that's what's going on with Jerry Jones. It's not enough for him that his team wins Super Bowls because he had that with Jimmy Johnson. He had it. They were winning. Those teams were incredible. I mean, Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl with Jimmy's teams. That's how good they were. But that wasn't didn't cut it for Jerry. He didn't get all the credit for winning the Super Bowl, and he didn't like that, and it drove a wedge between he and Jimmy. 
Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl and he wants to get the credit for it. I think he's making his job harder than it needs to be. I think that's absolutely fair. He wants to be seen as the guy who put this together. When you win, it shouldn't be about who gets the credit. It should be about winning. It's but but with Jerry, as you said, he he wants to be seen as the architect, and and that's part of the problem in Dallas. It's crazy to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. If you had to buy stock in one team for the next three years, would you buy Cowboys stock or would you buy Cleveland Browns stock? Oh well, <laughs> I actually think I actually. Oh, that's. I think I would buy Brown stock. Believe it or not, right. I think I would, just because I think that 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 Jerry Jones is never going to get out of his own way. The fact that we are waffling on this question just, it, to me, is indicative of of where these teams are right now, where they stand right now. And it's interesting. The Ravens get a lot of love in the division. The Steelers get a lot of love in the division. The Browns, I feel like, are flying under the radar a little bit because they got so much love going into 2019 and then cratered so badly that everybody sort of jumped off them and left them alone. This could be the year that we get the Browns team that we thought we were going to see in 2019. Well, it's always a process, too. Teams don't go from, you know, they don't go from zero to 60 most of the time. They don't go from you know, from nothing to the Super Bowl, there's always a process. And, and I do think the Browns were a little too full of themselves last year. They assumed a little too much. They were, there were so many headlines and so much attention. And, and there was a first year head coach who really wasn't up to the challenge of, of putting all of that together at the time in, in, in Freddie Kitchens, who, who really probably shouldn't have had that job at that time. So, you might be right that we're getting, we might be on the verge of getting the Browns team this year that 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 we thought we might get last year. And yet when I think about this game, I've gone back and forth on this game and back and forth on this game as far as picking it. And, and, and in the end, I think I, I settle on exactly what you said. I think the Browns are starting to figure it out. I just don't know what the Cowboys are. I would like to see the uh, I would like to see the Browns beat you know a, a good team at this point. I'm going to pick the Browns in this game. I'm like I said I, I'm going back and forth on that. You know, five minutes from now I might pick the Cowboys, but right now I'm going to go with the Browns. I agree. The Browns are getting four and a half points. So I first of all I love getting points in a team I think could win the game. Um, the Dallas defense to me is bad especially at safety like they're really bad at safety i think the browns are going to try and take advantage of that with some shots of odell beckham jr deep and i know that alden smith is leading the nfl in sacks right now which is an incredible story because he hasn't played and i think it's five years something like that but i don't think that that dallas defense as a whole is strong enough to stop cleveland so i have to say i agree with you i'm going with the browns all right so What's our school? What's our uh, what's our tally this week? I think we we agreed on uh, on how many of these games. Well, we never actually picked the Jets game because we sort of let McGregor pick it, and he basically said he wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. The Jets are getting a, <laughs> or are favored by a point, I should say. Where do you fall on that one? Ah, uh, as much as I. Uh, I don't want to pick the game either, but I'm going to take the Jets just because they're home on a short week. 
I'll take the Jets as well because they at least have their starting quarterback, if nothing else. Although I, I agree. I would, I mean, this is a horrible game to put any amount of money on. But so we agree on that. We disagree on New England and Kansas City. You were taking the easy way out and going with the Chiefs. I'm being bold and adventurous and going with the Patriots. And we both like Buffalo over the Raiders. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. And then we both like the Browns. So we don't really disagree on too much. Again, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can participate in the polls that determine what we talk about. Go to SBNation.com slash reacts or on Twitter at SBN reacts. Vote in the games that you most want to see every week. And those are the games that we will talk about. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL podcast. For Ed Valentine, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the game tonight. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.